It was an ugly performance for the Atlanta Braves on Monday night as they fall to the Giants 3-2 and not much goes their way. And they failed to pick up a game over the New York Mets in the NL East. We'll break down everything from bad base running, the bad defense, and the non-existent offense for most of the game on Monday in this episode of Blocked on Braves. So let's get into it. You are Locked on Braves, your daily Atlanta Braves podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, and welcome back to Locked On Braves, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta, where we cover your favorite Atlanta sports teams each and every day. I am your host, Jake Mastriani. You can follow me on Twitter at shortstopball and check out my bio there to see where I'm covering the game of baseball. Also, make sure you follow the podcast on Twitter at Lockdown underscore Braves. And please send in any questions, comments, or feedback that you have for the podcast. Subscribe to us on YouTube if you're new. Hit that thumbs up button and that notification bell to help support the show and grow Lockdown Braves channel. And thanks for making Lockdown Braves your first listen every day. We post episodes daily, five days a week, Monday through Friday, and are free and available on all platforms. On today's Tuesday episode of Lockdown Braves, we'll break down Monday's loss to the Giants, talk about the lack of offense. We'll talk about Spencer Strider, who wasn't his best, but kept his team in the game, as did the great effort by the bullpen. But just a lot of miscues from the Braves on Monday that I want to talk about, and then we'll preview Tuesday night's game. Just want to say I'm ready for these West Coast trips to be over. Uh, I'm really tired of staying up all night to watch the Braves lose the way that they are right now. But it was a tough one on Monday night. They do lose 3-2. to two. Another late comeback falls just short. Uh, the Mets lost as well on the night, so the Braves miss an opportunity to pick up a game in the division. Got to take advantage of those days when the Mets actually lose with the schedule that they have. But the Braves weren't able to do so on Monday and a lot of the blame for this one goes to the offense who was silent for the majority of the game they got nothing off of Alex Cobb through seven innings and Alex Cobb's a solid you know middle of the rotation pitcher but not somebody you should be going scoreless against for seven innings and they just continually swung over that splitter which is a good splitter and he was continually locating it down and into righties but three times through the order and the offense just couldn't figure it out and look hitting a baseball is difficult I'm not saying I could do it but these are professional hitters these are some of the best hitters in our sport and three times through a lineup and you're not able to adjust to what he's throwing which was primarily that splitter and you just keep swinging over the top of it or driving it into the ground so just you know a failure to make adjustments throughout the game against Alex Cobb for this offense for an offense who generally is great at doing that. I talked about it the other day, you know, the fifth inning is one of their best innings because I feel like they do make adjustments throughout the game when they see a starting pitcher for a second or third time. But for whatever reason, weren't able to do that against Alex Cobb on Monday. And now if you look over at the last three games the Braves have played, they've scored just one run in innings one through six. So they're getting nothing done early in the game and you can't have an offense be non-existent for two-thirds of the game and expect to win all the time it's great that they're having these late comebacks and scoring late in the game against the other team's bullpen but 
you just can't be non-existent for two-thirds of the game and expect to win. So that's something the Braves offense has to figure out. They've been really bad at that these last three games, facing you know, good pitchers in George Kirby and, and Alex Cobb, the Marco Gonzalez one. I still can't figure out how they weren't able to do anything against him, but certainly has been a struggle for this offense. And you're going to go through you know, slumps throughout a 162-game season. I would rather see them slumping now than when you get in the postseason. It's just tough because you got a chance to win the division, and I think winning the division is super important, avoiding that bye. Um, so it's tough to see the offense going through what they're going through right now and not being able to put up some big runs against starters that I feel like they should be able to score against. They did, like I said, end up with 10 hits on Monday. You will certainly take that. Six of those came in the last three innings, but only one extra base hit, and we've chronicled this all year long. When the Braves aren't able to get those extra base hits, the doubles, the home runs, they really struggled to score. And a night where you had 10 hits, but nine of them were singles, and you only score two runs, um, that kind of speaks to the flaw of this offense is when they're not getting the extra base hits, they're not getting the home runs, they struggle to score and that was certainly the case on Monday but a lot of it or not a lot of it but some of it was self-inflicted and a couple of bad base running moves in this game one of them by Michael Harris in the seventh inning they were finally getting to Cobb got a couple of hits off of him in that seventh inning and I don't know what Michael Harris is thinking here I, I thought off the bat you know for a split second that maybe Olsen had a chance to go to third but I thought he got to the center fielder way too quick for that to even be a possibility with the lack of speed from Matt Olson. And then you see the replay and Michael Harris looks up, stops, and then continues to go. I don't know what he saw that made him think Matt Olson was even going to think about going to third base, but that was a, a big blunder there. Took off an opportunity where the Braves would have had first and second and just one out. And Alex Cobb stayed in the game, and they mentioned this on the broadcast, and I, I believe it too. If not for that base running mistake, I think Alex Cobb comes out of that game, and maybe you get to their bullpen a little earlier, and maybe you're able to to get a big hit there, but that wasn't the case. And then I need to go back and watch this one before I'm too critical of it, but on Dansby's hit in the eighth inning, I thought Ronald should have gone to third on the throw to the plate, and Again, I need to go back and kind of see where Ronald was, where the throw came in, but especially when the throw got away from the catcher, I think Ronald's got to get to third base there, and you have a chance with nobody out. That changes things significantly if you're able to get to third base on that throw because then maybe the infield has to come in for Austin Riley. Even if they stay back with nobody out and they get the double play, then perhaps Lacuna still scores. So, I thought that was, again, I need to go back and see it before I judge it too harshly, but I thought that was a, an opportunity there for Acuna to to go to third base. I thought the sin for Grossman was aggressive there, um, and he should have been out. I mean, the ball was there way before Grossman got to the plate, and I tweeted it out. I still don't understand how catchers are able to block the plate. I thought the rule was put in place, so that wouldn't happen, and I saw Grossman point it out saying, hey, the guy's blocking the plate. He doesn't have the ball, but umpires just don't call that and eventually somebody's going to break a leg and then we'll have new rules that hopefully we'll get enforced. But that's a story for another time. I still thought it was an, an aggressive sin there by Ron Washington, who, by the way, has his windmill bobblehead night coming up soon 
So those were a couple of plays there, base running wise, where I think maybe it cost the Braves. And then some bad defense as well. And Grissom was part of the three plays that I'm thinking of. Not all of them his fault. But there was a ball hit up the middle in the second inning. It looked like maybe he was shielded by the umpire. But, you know, that's a play I think he could have made. And it could have been a double play. And you get out of that inning without giving up anything. So that's a costly play there because they go on to score two runs in that inning. Then there's the pop-up that falls in between Grissom and Grossman. And to me, that's Grossman's ball. I think Frenchie on the broadcast said that's Grissom's ball. I, I don't understand how that's Grissom's ball. It's in right field. Um, Grossman's got to get to that, and I think Grossman had plenty of time to get to it. But you recall the game on Sunday where those two collided. I think Gris Grossman was heavily aware of that, but that's his ball. He has to run after that, and if he can get to it, he has to call it. But that ball drops in, forces Spencer Strider to throw more pitches, and then – the play that ended up costing the Braves the game, you know, Von Grissom made a great diving stop, and it's a fast runner. He had to get up and make a quick throw, but he rushed it too much, spiked it in the dirt. Ball gets away from Matt Olson, who, you know, maybe could have picked it, but still just wasn't a great throw. It was a tough short hop for Matt Olson. Somebody's got to make a play there. And like I said, he made a, a great diving stop, but, you know, either he's got to make a, a better throw or Olsen's got to do a better job of trying to pick that ball or at least keep it in front of him so the run doesn't score, but that didn't happen. Run does score, and that ends up being the difference in the game. So it was just an ugly game all around when you look at it. You know, a non-existent offense, bad base running decisions, bad defensive plays, um, just an ugly game all around for the Atlanta Braves on Monday. All right, next, I'll talk about the pitching, who – you know, it wasn't Strider's best performance, but he did give this team a chance, and the bullpen was great as well. We'll discuss that next. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your pro and college football betting needs and sports info this season. Find all the latest football league developments, game matchups, news, and podcasts, including this year's opening week's games. BetOnline is also your continued source for all your sport wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. It's the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite sports and events, including MLB, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. Bet online where the game starts. Spencer Strider got the start on Monday night. They actually moved him up a day and moved Kyle Wright back a day as Kyle Wright continues to deal with some arm fatigue, which we'll talk about more in a second. But Strider, you know, much better first inning this time around, but it was the second inning that really got to him, had a high pitch count. His final line, though, five innings, gave up nine hits, but uh, eight of them were singles. One walk, three runs, only two of them earned, nine strikeouts and 102 pitches on the night. He was not as sharp as we've seen him in the past. Giants hitters for a second game now have had really good at-bats against him. They hit the ball really hard. I had a 92.7 mile per hour average exit velocity against Spencer Strider. So some really good at bats by the Giants hitters and still Strider able to get through five innings, only allow two earned runs. Like I said, the defense didn't help him. The umpire didn't help him either. He got squeezed on a couple of calls. One in particular should have struck out Jock Peterson. It made him throw, I think, five more pitches that inning. And he got Brandon Crawford on the exact same pitch that he didn't call on Jock Peterson. So umpire was having a rough night. I'm not saying that changed the outcome of the game, but 
he was just really bad for both teams most of the night. But still, Spencer Strider hung in there, gave his team a chance to win. The velocity was down a little bit, uh, 0.8 mile per hour on the fastball. Average exit velocity, again, a lot of that. He had to throw a lot of pitches in this game, had to work really hard, and had a lot of stressful pitches. So I understand maybe why the velocity was down just a tad. Um, but again, you know, through all, all that, gave his team a chance to win, and then the bullpen came in and was just fantastic in this game. Dylan Lee pitched two perfect innings through 19 pitches, got uh, nine swings. He got seven swings and misses and got seven called strikes. So pretty incredible and efficient performance for Dylan Lee, who has struggled for much of the second half of this season, uh, but he was maybe the best we've seen him on Monday night. So that is certainly great to see. And he was working on back-to-back days as well, which is where he has struggled some in the past. You know, A.J. Minner gave up a blue pit in the eighth, but otherwise was his usual good self, uh, good pickoff, uh, pickoff play there to get that runner out. So the bullpen was great. Braves pitching struck out 14 batters, only walked one. Like I said, the Giants also had 10 hits like the Braves did, but only one of them was an extra base hit. So the pitching did their job on this night. They kept the Braves in the game, you know, more often than not, and the pitching only gives up three runs. I feel like the Braves are going to win those games, but the offense just couldn't get anything going early. Had an opportunity late. Austin Riley grounds into a big double play with runners on first and second and no out, ending that rally in the eighth inning, and then Matt Olson popping up. And then they got the leadoff runner on in the ninth inning and weren't able to do anything there either. So offense just couldn't get much going on this night. Pitching was good enough to win, um, but just weren't able to score enough runs and just didn't play a, a clean enough ball game to beat the Giants on Monday. So need them to bounce back, need them to win these next two games and come back home where hopefully they'll start playing a little bit better because this West Coast trip is starting to turn into a little bit of a, a mess for the Braves. So hopefully they win these next two games, come back home. We'll talk about the game on Tuesday next. Late on Tuesday night, once again, it'll be Kyle Wright versus Jacob Junis. Junis, in his last seven starts, has not been good at all. A 6.03 ERA, a 1.40 whip, 34 and a third innings, eight walks, 32 strikeouts. Last time out, he pitched six innings, gave up just two earned runs on three hits and two walks with four strikeouts against Milwaukee. So it was good as last time out. There's a slider sinker changeup, and it's a pretty good slider, uh, which Braves hitters tend to struggle with so that concerns me a little bit the batters are hitting just 210 against his slider and have a 26.4 percent whiff rate and he throws it nearly 50 percent of the time so need to be watching for that slider on Tuesday night as the Braves hitters go up against Jacob Junis and he doesn't walk many Uh, you look at his baseball savant page the only thing that's not blue is his walk percentage so doesn't give away free bases he has a really good slider so uh, that could give the Braves some trouble on Tuesday night, but hopefully this Braves offense is able to score against the starter and hopefully put up some runs early and then score throughout the game as we're used to seeing this offense do. As for Kyle Wright, I mentioned he got pushed back a day, had an MRI on his uh, shoulder as he continues to have some arm fatigue, but seems like he's okay. But that's certainly a bit of cause for concern now that that's the second time he's kind of set out or been skipped because of some arm fatigue so we'll have to see how he responds he was really bad his last time out in oakland 
First time since July 4th that he didn't go at least six innings in a game. He allowed eight earned on five hits and three walks and four innings. He also hit a couple batters. I mean, it was probably the worst performance we've seen from Kyle Wright all year long. So hopefully he's able to turn that around, got a little bit of extra rest. And the Braves need him. They need a bounce back performance from him, and they need him to go deep in this game. Braves haven't gotten much length out of their starting pitchers the last two games, so they could use an outing, a typical outing from Kyle Wright, giving them at least six innings, you know, two earned or less, and giving them a chance to win this game and even up this series. And like I said, hopefully a chance to win this series, although it's a day game on Wednesday. We know how those typically go, but first things first, got to take care of business on Tuesday night, need the offense to get out of this funk that they're in, and need Kyle Wright to bounce back with a strong performance. That will do it for this episode of Lockdown Braves. Thanks for making Lockdown Braves your first listen of, t- of the day. Now make your second listen Lockdown MLB podcast, where MLB expert Paul Francis Sullivan brings humor, passion, and a unique perspective on every team and the biggest stories around the league. Again, thanks for listening. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Lockdown underscore Braves. You can follow me at Shorts.Ball. Make sure you rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcast, and we will talk to you next time. Hey, this is Stacey Gotsoulias. DC Lundberg. Ryan Finkelstein. Taylor Blake Ward. Host of Locked On Yankees. Locked On Mariners. Locked On Mets. Locked On Angels. And you're listening to Locked On Braves. Locked On Braves. Locked On Braves. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. 